0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Anacon Chelsea podcast with me, your host Jan. How you guys doing? It's been going well for Chelsea recently. couple of good wins. The Ute are playing. Everybody's happy. Lovely times, etc, etc. <laughs> so today I've got on uh, Alex Goldberg. You've probably seen him on Twitter. Big uh, football Twitter account um American dude uh yeah I I, well, I explained in the interview and the chat with Alex that I had reservations when I first saw him but once you know once I watched a bit more of his content uh, content excuse me realized he's just a real chap who loves Chelsea like all the rest of us you know and he's got a, you know he's obsessed with the club and has got a lot to say and I wanted to get him on we have a really good chat and, and I hope you enjoy the episode guys so let's get into it Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Anacon Chelsea podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Alex Goldberg to the podcast. Alex, how you doing, man?
1: I'm good, my man. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, an honour to make my debut. <laughs> it's
0: a good time for your debut, too. We're in a, a good spot of form, mate. Um, yeah, so basically, um, before we get into it, Alex has got a big sort of social media presence. He's got a YouTube channel, and we'll talk about that at the end. But I came across um, Alex and... Um, I I was incredibly British in my reaction to you mate originally if I'm going to be honest here because I was like who (laughs) who is this assertive confident person (laughs) talking about Chelsea that's not from not from England not that I'm not that way inclined at all but I was like who is this guy he's like he's so like pronounced and assertive and you know some people get insecure when when they you know see people talk like that and i looked into your content and i, I looked into some of the stuff you talked about uh suddenly dropped it dropped all my prejudices at the door and yeah you know you've got a great outlook on football and and, uh, and chelsea and you're a, you a, you bleed blue by all accounts and the, from there yeah i was always inclined to look at your twitter look at your your youtube mate so um, i'm delighted to have you on and that's the narrative of how I've no. discovered you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I, I appreciate that. And, and listen, you're not the first person to view me like that upon maybe coming across me. Uh, I, I do like to blame it on where I've grown up here in Boston, Massachusetts, where yeah. we're you know not saying there aren't other big sports cities, but we're a big sports yeah. city. And uh, our teams are pretty good. But if you were to turn on the radio mm-hmm. here, and you would hear how we speak about our players. You would think that our teams never won a game, and it's yeah. just kind of—it's just kind of that style. It's not something I consciously choose. It's just how but, I talk about sports. But so, but,
0: yeah, but that's yeah. why I, I, I wanted to start with that because I wanted to be completely honest. But I want to be—I really dig it because at first it's so different to sort of um, sports culture, certainly in football in the Premier League and people that you talk around here. So at first, when it seems a bit alien, people—you know, people. Um, don't, don't understand how people view sports and stuff and you know and um it was a bit like you know f- at first before before I'd even l- listen to what you're saying I was like oh it's angry Boston Chelsea yeah. fan <laughs> but then I was like you know what this dude he, he bloody loves Chelsea he's like the rest of us um I know you're going to the the game over in the States soon aren't you I saw you tweet yep. about. yeah yeah and um I was like, yeah, you've got a really good outlook on football and um, there's there's a reason why you've got a decent following and, and, you know, unlike some other platforms and accounts, which I'm not going to go into on this podcast, that represent Chelsea poorly in terms of a fan's perspective and, um, you know, equality, I, I feel like you, you do all the right things, mate. So, you know, I'm very pleased to have you on and um, hopefully again we'll plug it at the end if you uh if you do start your own podcast i'd I'd very much like to make my debut in your podcast
1: absolutely so it's, uh, it's already done that's yep. sweet
0: mate so let's get into the chat. right so a good time for your debut in part one i want us to maybe shoot the shit a little bit about the positive results we've had recently uh and maybe reflect a little bit on ed and hazard and you know the cold realities that might come ahead um, and in part two we will look ahead and talk about our opinions on the coach and the future of Chelsea so let's I want to go back um, I mean I talked to Louis Beneventi of 100 Chelsea about the Brighton game but I know you were just as happy as all of us with that new lineup the sort of lineup we'd all been you know shouting out for were you feeling the same with the game against West Ham how did you feel when you saw that lineup was it enough rotation for you or give me your thoughts
1: Yeah, obviously the Brighton game was just beautiful. I mean, the lineup for that game was was just beautiful. And then, you know, for Monday against West Ham, I actually think it was a great lineup. Now, obviously, it it didn't have two players that maybe some fans wanted to see. It didn't have Christensen, Hmm. and it didn't have Giroud. And those two players were part of the Brighton lineup. But it did have Hudson-Odoi, did Hmm. have Loftus-Cheek, and it did have Emerson, who have been three huge, ones that Mm. all of us fans it seems like have wanted in there Mm. and on the the Rudiger and then Higuain getting back into the lineup those two I was okay with because those two preach team competition to me in terms of I think it's really important to always have when someone just the better player, like Eden Hazard, you don't need to kind of light a fire under his ass because you're mm. just going to play him regardless, but yeah. when you have players like Davoise, Christiansen, and Rudiger who are all around the same ability or level right now and then with Iguin and Giroud Giroud's clearly the more informed player mm-hmm. but Iguin you could argue, has the higher ceiling even despite his age, yep. I feel like it was good of sorry to throw Rudiger back in, see if he could respond after Christensen kind of stole his job the week before and played well mm. and then throw Igwein back in yeah, so Igwein was definitely acquired for this year, you know, first and foremost, to help mm-hmm. the team this year, to achieve the goals this year. So what's the use if you're going to see Giroux playing better and then all of a sudden just drop Igwein altogether? So I think it was a really good lineup. It had the three we all really wanted to see besides the other starters. Mm. and. The two hyphenated names in Emerson. Yeah. And then throwing Rudiger and Igwin back in there, I think it was a good move by sorry to see how they could respond to mm. Christensen and Giroud respectively stealing their spot. And uh and hey, I mean a two nil win, it it worked in the end. I think it worked on one front. I think Rudiger really responded well mm. to Christensen stealing his spot the week before and Higuain, more of a mixed bag. But I, I like mm. the lineup for sure.
0: Okay, so on that, mate, a couple of things that you've said. With like the Higuain and, and the Rudiger thing, like we said, we'd probably, on in terms of team cohesion, chemistry, and just fighting for the spot to the team against Brian, probably it would be everyone's first 11. But with that, I mean, I think a lot of people have accepted Rudiger hasn't been up to his best um, recently. A lot like Azpi in many ways. But, um, yeah. but he is a good player, and he's a good team player and I feel like like you said it's not just the competition, it's it's still like, no look, I respect you, you're coming back in. Um show me what you can do. But not so much compete with Christensen, but it's like I'm just not gonna throw you out of the trash. Like, a lot of a lot of coaches would do that. A lot of cutthroat coaches would be like, nope, that's it, you know. Like, I think Conte might have done that. Certainly Jose would do that if you've um if you've pissed him off or played bad. He you know you might never yeah. see him again, you know. So there is something nice about um, about him saying, look, well, if he was absolute trash, I mean I think Alonso's injured, but the the majority of the Chelsea fandom share the same opinion on, on Alonso at playing left-back in this form in this team, failing to link up with those left-sided players there's a lot of issues with Alonso, so he'd probably yep. be the exception of oh, I'm going to put you back in on this big game and, you know, if he plays uh, Anfield or whatever I would shit myself, man. You know, do you, know do you know what I mean like it, it, Yeah, it, it no. I
1: I, do. I I do. And you know, what frustrated me with, you know, Emerson got in the side and now I want to say almost a month ago, maybe it was even a little more than a month ago when member sorry had that press conference saying that Emerson had now earned those minutes mm. and then all of a sudden it looked like, oh my, is Emerson the first choice? And Emerson still got a couple games, but once Alonso had that really good Europa League game Mm -hmm. before the international break, Mm -hmm. he then started the next Premier League game just a few days later. And for me, that was kind of a gut punch because I was like, oh no, sorry, did you really fall for it? I Mm -hmm. mean, did you fall for Alonso putting in that good shift against a much lesser side? Mm -hmm. And um, that disappointed me because when positions are close, and I don't even, I think Emerson's just definitely the better selection right now. Mm-hmm. Keep them fighting, you know, not against each other, you know, keep them wanting to earn that spot. Emerson definitely should. Yeah. Yeah. But with those three center backs, I mean, they've all had dips in form this year. I mean, Christensen arguably hasn't because he just hasn't played as much. But, you know, he started a little slower and he's playing much better now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I would agree. I mean, Rudiger, who I really like, um, has just not looked great this second half of the season he's looked lost at times he's looked very clumsy and uh, a lot of the times he makes me nervous that he's about to pick up two yellow cards or maybe a straight red and I I like Rudiger I Mm. do but um, he's just hasn't really looked himself for much of the way he did last season and remember at the start of the season Rudiger was one of Chelsea's my opinion
0: okay man yeah so on that with Rudiger you you sort of mentioned a second ago about how earlier in the season he was playing really well and we were talking about last season how he looks good and stuff do you think he's the kind of player that plays better when the team's maybe not in crisis inverted commas do you know what i mean like like when he does less inclined to make rash mental challenges or you know we're we're just discussing his discipline and stuff Do, do you think he's maybe like which is not a good attribute as a player, really, to, right. to to require that everyone be chill and zen and doing really well, but do you reckon that's an element of his game?
1: You know, I like that point, because he was playing well at the beginning of the season and so was the team, mm. and I think when things are up in question, maybe players are out of form, there's a lack of communication, there's doubt from the fans and the media about the team, mm-hmm. he almost looks rushed on the pitch, and it looks like he's trying to do too much at one time, it looks like he's just trying to Almost be a heroic elite defender when he just needs to be himself, and Mm. then obviously it transpires into him after the game going on social media, tweeting hashtag hustle and (laughs) being and being angry and stuff. And I think his heart's in the right place, but I think that's a good point by you. I, I think he might be one of those players where. When things are going good for everyone, it's really going good for him, Mm. but maybe when things are going poorly for the team, he presses too much Mm. and he just doesn't give the best performances because the one thing I will notice notice is he does often look rushed and just bamboozled at times when things are are not feeling great for the team.
0: Mm. I think all Chelsea fans probably would agree with this notion and also that Probably would agree that he's a good player to have as first second choice rotation um generally I think we'd all be happy for him to stay um and do his thing um another one on a similar vein in terms of former but for different reasons as p at right back man like the the sort of king at one on one defending i mean the the obvious statement for this would be systemically he doesn't suit uh a sorry fullback off the yeah bat. um Regardless, like you know, you could talk about the lopsided, Sari ball system all up the left or whatever, and maybe the right back tucking in, but he still needs to, especially in the Premier League. Sari's learning, I think, a little bit about adaptation, despite what people say in terms of his stubbornness. Um, fullbacks are so 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 important in the Premier League. Um, speed and technical ability. I mean, as P, when we're all sitting in a low block against City in a 2 0 win at Stamford Bridge. Aspi's numbers were astronomical that game he was like he looked, oh, like, yeah. he looked like Titan elite defender <sighs> but you know in these games when we need to slap about Leicester uh, and you know we can't get the job done that's when you need like a really dynamic fullback so do, do you think um, we need to get a new right, first choice right back I know Aspi sort of sits deeply in all Chelsea fans hearts and do you think his best days I know he's only 29 but do you think his best days are gone and how do you feel about him dude?
1: He's been a tough one to get a full grasp on all season long because when the season started and he didn't start off well, it almost just felt like, all right, well, he hasn't played right back in a long time, so let him get reacclimated with the position. But then once time went on, it started to be more of a oh is is he just not suited for Sari's system because you know he is defensive first as you were saying and Mm. part of the thing is yeah maybe the right back in a sorry system compared to the left back they do tuck behind at times almost serve as a third center back at times Mm. but it's no secret he leaves way too much space on the right hand side when there is that opportunity to attack he really doesn't fill those spaces as greatly as you would want and I think as you astutely pointed out, it is a kind of a game to game situation because when you are playing a Manchester City, he's mm. heroic with his defending. But when you are. The better team, so to speak, which Chelsea are at least from a possession standpoint. Many of the games, yep. as as P is just he's underwhelming. Now I thought he was good the other day, but that's also because he's always just going to give you maximum effort. He's just and that's why yeah. that's why the fans just we all love him because it's his effort that he gives. It's just it's oh, tremendous. Yeah. He's it's proper. Tremendous.
0: He's proper. Oh, he,
1: he really is. So mm. with him, I mean. Uh, You know, I still see him as a right back in a sorry system versus any other position. I know sometimes fans talk about him moving to center back in a four man defense. That's not something I'm nuts about. And I'm not saying small center backs haven't existed, but eh, in a two center back system, I'd rather keep him at right back. You asked about other right backs coming in. I Mm -hmm. mean, I'm a little loud and annoying on Twitter about Reese James. Who, are we all uh, loud? <laughs> I mean, I, I see, that's why I don't think there's a need to get another right back that's from outside the club because <sighs> Reese James is is exactly what we're kind of wishing Azpi could be at times in this sorry system. The okay, way Reece James, l- let me shoot yeah. you a
0: question then. So, so I mean, we all want Reese James back at the club, but I was thinking yeah. to replace like Zappa Costa and actually, you know, a lot of the times Azpi's playing... In the B team as well, he's over yes. Um, yes. You know, do you think Reece James can step up and be the starting right back? Or well, you- so yeah, I mean, it's it's a good question, and I've I've
1: talked about it now in Twitter threads with a handful of people who have kind of contrasting views. Mm. And he, here's my thing: is some people are like, "Well, why bring Reece James back if it's only initially to be a backup?" Because sorry is going to let a young player rot. Now, I think that's a little unfair because mm-hmm. I. I Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I think first of all sure it did take Sari a while for to get Hudson-Odoi and Loftus-Cheek playing more regularly but there were different reasons for each situation with Loftus-Cheek mm-hmm. it was his back Hudson-Odoi we don't need to get into yeah, why a hurricane you know?
0: of shit for that yeah we yeah can put
1: Exactly, but it's also, you know, the context Positionally, it's different as well And I just personally think Zappa Costa Is just not somebody who ever really Makes sorry that comfortable <laughs> yeah. And and with Espilacueta he is the Captain as well, and he's not in goal Conte, but he has shown an ability to just Play, 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 you know yeah. So I, I think next year Let's just say Reese James is initially brought in To be the backup mm. I, I, re- I really think that's a good move to start Now, I keep mentioning the fact that In order to win that starting job, you probably have to come in and be the backup, which is what Trent Alexander-Arnold did he mm-hmm. was never sent out on loan? He was there, and I understand each team acts differently, but he he was there to capitalize off of injuries at Liverpool. Mm. Same thing with Juan masaka Roy Hodgson has talked about Juan Bisaka kind of wanted to go out on loan, mm-hmm. he was advised not to, and then he got to capitalize off of an injury and steal the job. Now, mm-hmm. I don't want Aspilaqueta to get injured, but no. look at next, of course not, but look at next year. Aspilaqueta will be a year older, Five. hopefully. Till, Yep. Hopefully Chelsea will be in as many competitions as possible. And I would hope on maybe, you know, hopefully we're in the Champions League and not the Europa League. But I would hope on a night like tomorrow night, Sarri would be willing to put in a Reese James Absolutely. if he had one. And I think that would be an invaluable experience. Yeah, I think yeah, any yeah any cut games Reese James could get and then just the ability to be in the first team and learn from Azpilicueta and push him for the job mm. I think that would be huge
0: yeah 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 and you know practicing take-ons of Kalamon and, and all this yeah stuff. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I, I'm with you man and I feel like he could play sort of second fiddle but because Azpi will be 30 and you know Sarri requires quickness you know, yep. provided sorry still the coach of the club or whatever, then you know, halfway through the season, second choice can become third choice, and that's cool. Do you know what I mean? It just right. just just because you bring him back from loan from the second tier in England and don't put him in the, as a starter, you know, it would be normal to start Aspi for the first like 10-12 games, and and you know, Reese if he's playing cup games and. The group stages of weaker sides in Europe. Mm-hmm. Then you know why not? And then by the end of the season, he's the starter. A bit, a bit like Emerson Alonso. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Tap wood, That's actually what's going on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: so, yeah, absolutely. So that- you know, in order to, in order to get steal the chance you have to get the chance you know yeah. you got to be you got to be in the first team in order to steal that job and i just don't think another loan for reese uh, and then bringing in another backup right back or mm. keeping zappa
0: costa is really worth it well the thing is the championships are fucking tough slog man like that is yeah. physical as well he's obviously showing you can like tap you know tammy's a different situation but they're, they're both shown right we can take the physicality of this the rough championship oh, yeah. Um, but you know Reese James, he's a baller. He looks like he's got the technical skills for the Premier League. So, so that's cool. And, and Go on, man. yeah.
1: And just just real quick, Reece James has played every Championship game this season, and all but he's only missed one in all competitions. I, I think I'm correct there. Yeah. So, I mean. He, he already has 40 championship games under his belt yes, this season. So, true. I mean, he's had a lot of experiences here. Different at positions.
0: Like, different positions. Yeah, di- too.
1: Different. I mean, the fact that his manager has put him in the midfield just to keep his team out of relegation is just, <laughs> I mean, that speaks so much. I mean. Te-
0: teenage alone. It, the
1: youngest yeah, the youngest player on the team is being put in midfield to bail his team out. I oh, mean, mate. that's
0: awesome. On a quick tangent, um yeah. Ashley Cole coming back to it, Derby, when he was starting, I can't remember what the other fullbacks call for Derby, but I think he was eighteen. And Ashley Cole was 38, so there was a 20 year goal difference. A goal yeah. difference? Goal difference. Age difference. <laughs> age, yeah. a- age difference between fullbacks, which have f- fuck blew my mind, man. That's I've never, wild. Seen, never seen anything like it. Um yeah. Alright, dude. So but, uh, oh yeah, quickly as well, Zappa Costa. It's weird how sorry. I thought because they're Italian, he might be his boy, but he's probably watched them in Syria, <laughs> yeah. and it's like I don't fancy right. it, and you know. Yeah. So it's weird that. Alright, um so was it. I mean, it was, but was <laughs> I was going to say was it the Eden Hazard Hazard show against West Ham? <laughs> I mean, o- I mean, obviously it was, but like, d- do we not win that game if he's not playing? If say, if we have another winger player playing or something, does we do we just grind out a nil nil? I mean. I don't, I, this is, I'm not even sure I'm asking Alex, I'm just, I'm just sort of worried, like, I, I, yeah. wanna talk, I do want to talk to you about it, and Hazard generally moving forwards as well, but like, um, if if he's not playing that game, do we lose, or do we draw it, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, I mean, it, it, in the first half, we were playing some damn good football, you know, it wasn't just Azard getting us out of situations, in that mm. first half, they're, they're good, really good first half. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Callum had a really good first half, in mm. my opinion. I mean, he was dangerous over on the right. Uh, you know, a good shot, easily could have gone in. He was good defensively. And, and once again, I mean, sorry, we'll admit it, that's not even Callum's best side. It's mm. the left side. So, well, exactly. Hey, so
0: he might be playing on the left side, but for Hazard... Right, and, yeah.
1: and I think he definitely could have created, and Loftus-Cheek didn't really fully get going until the second half, but I thought Loftus-Cheek actually was good defensively in the first half. Mm. I think things would have come off, but... I mean,
0: it's good for it a late does, go, oh, isn't it, Ruben? He's good for a late go. Oh,
1: yeah. So. I mean, I don't, you know, he was probably unlucky not to get a goal in that game. It, yeah. In that second half, he was just tremendous. Mm. But, yeah, I think we get that game. I think we get those three points, but it's probably much less assured. And, you know, that was just, you know, just I know we're going to talk about him more in a second. But that mm-hmm. was almost when, when Azar went for that first goal, it almost felt like he was just saying, you know what? screw it i'm Sorry. just I, i'm just getting us on the board right now it, it, <laughs> he just he just had that killer instinct yeah. that was just awesome to watch and um you know you can when, when he plays like that you can feel his teammates almost like mm. in awe of what he just, just did lift, and,
0: lifts the thing you know I, i'm he he's not Messi, ronaldo level and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sort of try and start that discussion but when he does stuff like that it creates the reaction as us as just general sports fans football fans going we're lucky to see this guy play you know you you, you go on <laughs> football Twitter and you've got Liverpool people whatever and they're saying you know what fucking hell he's a dickhead that's brilliant do you know what I mean um, yeah. there's, there's a lot of that so it is just in awe of him it's Absolutely brilliant, and another thing I like, I know it's a little celebration with the hands to the ears because apparently the West Ham fans I know they're giving him shit, but they were, they were chanting, Ed and Hazard, he's off to Madrid. Which you know, let's be we can talk about that in a second. Um, and even if he is, he was like, Yeah, but Chelsea is my home, and I'm about to fuck you up. I mean,
1: I mean, he is so focused right now, which is which is so commendable because you know, I think it's and you're supposed to be focused, obviously, but it's just he can't get away from the real madrid stories and and he's not doing anything to squash them so to speak mm-hmm. but he's he's not talking about it right now yeah. yet it's it's just it's it's the worst kept secret what's going to happen mm. i mean it's it's very clear all all publications are pretty much reporting it now it's it's really uh, you know going to happen assuming marina just doesn't Hold him be for a fee that you know, she she really is yeah, hell-bent yeah. on getting but he just looks you know Every time he's asked the question He's just consistently talking about the team needing to get Champions League football yeah, the, yeah, team, yeah, the team the team yeah. the team I mean even even in those two You know interviews so to speak he had after the game on, on different on different networks where mm-hmm. they were asking him about his performance his goal it was hard for him to even Fully compliment himself I mean mm. he was just saying You know oh, We played well and, and stuff like that I mean he, one, Once he said It was a good goal To be fair I mean he almost Looked embarrassed so, Yeah but, um, but he,
0: does, he also has that Tongue in cheek Of he likes he being does. The other side of like Yeah I'm the best player At Chelsea and it's a <laughs> yeah. great girl You know so he does it, But For it's sure. innocent And it's playful But uh, so A couple of things You just said I want to pick up on Yeah Marina I, I, The thing is Even though she's A bit of the iron lady And all that Chelsea generally have been good to their players, the good servants, Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yep. if they say, you know, Petr Cech would be a great, you know, go play, be the starting keeper for Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? I feel like yep. Eden Hazard, they'd be like, I don't think we'd keep him here against his will, no matter how passive and compliant he is. Um, yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. So I think people have critiqued Hazard of how he's dealt with his Real Madrid things but in a world of today's footballing media climate of how everything's uh. dissected everything's taken out of context you can't do anything uh. right i feel like i would have done the exact set for the club i love and that gave me everything he self proclaims as chelsea have given me everything which we have um i would i would probably have done handled the situation near similar to him i know when he's out for Belgium, he jokes like, oh yeah, that's why I want to go to that Champions League when he gets bored of the questions. He says something again that they dissect, but I feel like all this time he's been like, you know what, guys? Yes, I love Zidane. I've always wanted to play for Madrid. You know, I love Chelsea, but i've been here for a long time it's been wonderful maybe i will maybe i won't I'm not saying he's gonna be like yeah i'm fucking off sort of thing i'm going i feel like he's just yeah. trying to condition the fan base slowly like yeah come on sorry guys but you know as much as i yeah. love this i think i'm trying to. so slowly in a world of where you can't do any of this right you know paul bogba drops a hint and yeah, shit explodes. do you know what i mean it's so difficult yeah. do you think well- like he's handled it well
1: Uh, You know what? I do. And I think when I say that, I I get a lot of stick from people saying, oh, you're just a and Nazard fanboy. And you know what? I am. But I'm still being objective on how I'm saying he handled it. Because this is his seventh season with Chelsea. And it amazes me when some people still don't understand his personality. Mm -hmm. His his personality throughout his seven years at Chelsea has been, uh, as you kind of said, tongue-in-cheek. He likes to joke around. He Mm -hmm. certainly likes to joke around. But he's just a brutally honest guy. He doesn't play mind games, really. Mm. And I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, he's – I hate the flirting with Madrid thing. I've always hated that when people say that because really he's just answering the question honestly. Mm. He goes on international break. This happens every season and it happens every international break. He goes on international break. Reporters need stories. They need clicks. So inevitably they'll ask him about Real Madrid, especially yeah. if something is instable with Chelsea. He'll just answer it honestly saying, I'm focused at Chelsea. However, as you know, Real Madrid the, is the club a club I grew up loving and Zidane was my idol. Exactly. And, he just, and that's all, you know, he never says anything different and at the same time so people who want to maybe create controversy want to focus on I, I Real Madrid is the club I ended up loving, I've always loved, but yeah if you want to look at the context he always says stuff like we are chelsea we can do anything i love this club they've been so great to me my family loves london he always says those things too and it's just it's so plain to see that if there was one other club he would ever go to it's real madrid he's been consistent in saying
0: that yeah and that's the point isn't it like he is very happy he loves being loved he's got that bloody Ed hazard massive banner that goes over the shed every get home game and like we worship him you know so he would never leave Chelsea in any other situation he grew up loving Real Madrid he sort of yep. learned knew who Chelsea were but he dreamed of Real Madrid Chelsea came in for him it was like it's like an awesome job you know yeah. I, 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 can't, I made some really shit analogy in an, in an older pod episode I can't remember what it was it's like it's like um, hooking up with like a really rich lawyer chick that you know it's, she's awesome in bed and gives you loads of money and you really appreciate everything she's done for you but that girl you <laughs> fell in love with as a kid has grown up and she wants to, to like you know marry you and yep. she's turned up you know you just gonna, right, you, you, you just... turn to this lawyer chick who's been so pleased for all the you know good dinner company and awesome sex <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Right, but, and she's going to be like yeah. don't leave you're a great toy boy but look yeah, you... my future wife is over here and you know, I like you you were super great. And I'd, if she wasn't there, I wouldn't leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely.
1: I mean, it's one of those things that, yeah, I mean, similar to your analogy, I think he just decided when he was really young, like, yeah. if I ever have the opportunity to, to be with Real Madrid, I'll have a hard time living with myself if I don't mm. see that out. And I think that's definitely been it. And one more point I want to harp on that you, that you brought up, which I think is a really good point and uh, I think I maybe said it briefly in a YouTube video as well, is the day and age. The day and age we're living in right now on mm. social media is through the roof. Yeah. And I, I'm not ever trying to compare Azar to a Terry, a Lampard, a dragon. I'm not, because those guys are mean. Those guys are even... It's different reason. It, they were titans
0: it, it, for what they achieved.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and if people want to regard them as bigger Chelsea legends, that's totally fine with me. I'm not even arguing. Mm. The only thing I'm saying is during that era, I know... You know, Twitter to a certain extent existed and stuff, but not to this degree. You know, it, it was just, it was not, the sport is, is covered more and more intensely and more and more widely, especially through social media chains mm-hmm. uh, as each day goes on. So, Edin Hazard is under more scrutiny, more eyes than really any Chelsea player has been in terms of all the outlets that are covering him and where he wants to go. So mm. things are really made, you know, much bigger than they need to be and that's just kind of once again the day and age we live in. I mean, think about how many reporters when he goes on international break for Belgium. And think about how many reporters are trying to get one quote out yeah, of him.
2: Yeah. It's it's
1: it's just out of it's out of control and it's yeah. just it, it, that's you know he's also the best player for Belgium so it's just he, he's followed by yeah, that number and, one um, FIFA
0: tier team in the world yeah exactly
1: so I mean I, I do think he's handled uh, all of this stuff pretty well and I, I don't and I think it's really easy to sit where we're sitting for anybody who gives him stick for for how he handles it yeah. I think it's really easy for them to say it where they're sitting but a lot harder for them to put them in his shoes and handle it
0: yeah and you're right dude like with saying it's it's a different time now like seven years in today's footballing climate is a long time he gave all yeah he gave the majority of his best years for chelsea therefore he's a chelsea man um we can't look back and compare him to people like from 10 15 years ago because if you know if man united compared all their players and how things are happening to you know class Mm. of 92 they'd be depressed um all right so let's wrap up part one man um in part two we will maybe chat about um you know who could come in if we don't get a transfer ban we'll chat about Callum staying a little bit and then we'll just look forward generally (laughs) welcome back to part two of the Yannick and Chelsea podcast I'm still chilling with Alex we've been shooting the shit about Recent Chelsea performances, lineups, and the the jewel in the crown that is Eden as are. Um Yeah, mate. So, Alex, let's. I, I want to do. I want to I, I will talk to you a little bit about Anfield, but I really don't feel like uh, it's worth us chatting about Prague too much because it should be a rotation. You know. Win really, um, not much excitement, you know. And maybe, maybe the B team of Willian and Pedro might get run. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, dude. So, okay. So Eden Hazard leaves in the summer. Hopefully, we get top four. This is theoretically, obviously, everyone hopes that a miracle may happen. But let's be real here. Um, do we? Not, I feel. I feel like sorry's almost. I think he has already confirmed that Hudson Odoi won't go in the summer. We'd rather lose him on a free, um, and then you know perhaps use that year to convince him to stay. Uh, would you give Callum the number ten shirt? You know what, I would. And
1: once again, it's like whenever I talk about Hudson Odoi, just like Hazard, some people would just be like, "Yeah, you'll you'll give him anything. You love him that much." But listen, <laughs> I, I I absolutely would because. <laughs> you got to look at it from just – I I really want people to forget his age when giving him the number 10 shirt because some Mm. people will be like, oh, you're going to cater to an 18-year-old kid and give him the number 10 shirt. Well, uh, forget the 18. He's – he, he's a really talented player who mm. could be the absolute present and future of the club He's mm. got almost every club out there big club wanting his services mm-hmm. and The rumors and I believe some of them that Bayern Munich were definitely ready and willing to give him the number 10 shirt and still are Especially yes. once Robin's out So mm. if another club is willing to do it, why shouldn't Chelsea the club? He's been at for a long long time now Obviously as would need to be going but that we're playing this hypothetically mm. and that he is and I think it would also just mean a lot to Callum, and I honestly think, I know all this stuff sounds silly, but I think through throughout covering, not that I've been covering it, but throughout following the coverage of hudson Adoy and the contract saga, if you will, mm. I think people should be able to realize that it's not the money that he really cares about, it's the playing time, it's the project, it's just the belief in the project that he will have the platform to become the player he wants to be and if anything it's game time first and then all that little extra stuff next with mm. like a number 10 shirt I think saying to Callum you know azard has gone we're going to give you a chance a chance to kind of win this starting left wing job we'll even give you a number 10 to show you our faith in you I, I think that stuff would mean a lot to him and mm. I really do think that would get him to sign and really at the end of the day if it means a lot to him and it's just a shirt number what's the big deal I yeah. know, you know what's What's the big deal? So I, I do,
0: you know, I am hopeful that... And Hazard, was, sorry, sorry to interrupt you there, Alex, yeah. but Hazard, the way he looks at him and they have banter and he, he, they all think he's a respectful, nice young man, Hazard probably wouldn't want it going to, to anyone else if he knows he's going. Uh,
1: I think that's a good point. I mean, I think, he, I, I mean, he's so good about talking highly of all of his teammates, Hazard, mm. but I think, it's, I think it's clear. You just read him between the lines, that Chemistry. Sky Sports... Yeah, the chemistry, that Sky Sports interview that went around last week, that four-minute thing where they sat down and talked together and also did a competition. I think it's pretty clear Azard thinks highly of the kid. And, Mm. yeah, he probably would if anybody were going to fill his left-wing shoes. I feel like he would want it to be Hudson Adoy. Yeah, yeah. You know, for for anybody who's really hell-bent on – you know true blues if you will proper shells uh, you gotta look at Hudson Adoy who's mm. been here since he was a kid and six or I seven just,
0: or eight or so yeah yeah
1: and and I think it would really signal just a a really good turning point with Chelsea not to say that these la- last handful of years haven't been great with trophies but I think I- if we could truly have one of our own be one of our stars now mm. and well it looks like we're we have the, two yeah with Loftus-Cheek of course mm. I mean what about if Hudson-Odoi and Loftus-Cheek become the new faces of Chelsea? I mean, that's fantastic for, obviously, Chelsea, the PR, academy, yeah. and 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 England in general. So I would give him the number 10 shirt, yeah. yeah
0: that's that's a, some good points. That's what I was going to say, actually. I was going to say, it's not just keeping us super young talent happy and you know keeping a good player ultimately it, it it's what it represents its talismanic it's a beacon of hope for arguably right. the, the greatest academy in England you know these kids are starting to look at people and think you know fuck this do you know what i mean um right and, and yeah especially with this new vogue wave of what of an impressive um exploration that Jaden Sancho's done is commendable what he's done so i'm not i'm not critiquing it in any way but mm-hmm. that that is a vogue thing that can damage our clubs our fortress you know uh-huh. so what he would represent by doing that is look you know what i'm 18 years old recent and i've got the number 10 shirt i'm starting for chelsea chelsea you know bollocks to the chelsea rent boys 2003-4 it's like <laughs> hey, this, this is what you can do now you know you can um, you can do that and, and and that would it would like you say it's pr and what it would represent and stuff and um i, I do want to pick your brain on if we postpone the transfer ban or don't get transfer banned about transfers and stuff um, but say we do get banned which I think it is highly likely I've got no issue with um, basically Christensen actually also Christensen Academy product I know he's not English but right. um, so you know if we recall Tammy and he I know Peter's discussion on whether he's quality or not I really want to give him a try at the level just to see and somehow he does become the starting striker that we could have four academy players in our starting 11 with you know hudson Adoy, Loftus-Cheek, Christensen and uh, Abraham Um, but you know I'm romanticizing a little bit there but uh, so so, say if we do get this ban we've got Pulisic on the right who I'm actually very excited about yeah. um you know it's gone off the board a little bit but i think that's kind of good because when he does turn up everyone will be like oh yeah cool do you know what i mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I, everyone
1: forgot about it you yeah know? everyone had happened so early
0: dude when he was 18 um i was losing my shit over him i was like um you know messaging my mates like oh that's wonder kid because it is refreshing to see an american he sure. was like the Jaden sancho of the time in that way you know yeah um because like, no English players or American players were going to like these European leagues, or certainly not to my knowledge. Yeah,
2: pioneer, he um, was. Yeah, definitely a yeah. trailblazer.
0: Yeah. um yep. So, so I was watching him, and I was like, "Who the hell is this kid?" Like Pulisic. I don't, know, I don't, you know, I don't know what the origin of the name Pulisic, but I was just like, you know, this, this, this kid, and I found out he's American. So it's like. More, it's just immediately like interesting and appealing, you know, like Jaden Sancho. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, he was he's an absolute baller. I saw some of his um games and I was really impressed with him and confident. Um, seems like a really hard worker, which is good, like really mm. dedicated. Mm. So I feel like it will work well at Chelsea. Um, so yeah, you know, very youthful wingers, Hudson Odoi on the left, Pulisic on the right. Hopefully, being starters next year because that's another year into their thirties. William and Pedro, they still got something to offer the team if they both stay, because, you know they will they will pull out they're both really experienced players they've both won a lot and every now and again they'll do something really impressive so they're not you know if they are appropriately rotated down a little bit you know they can keep a year extension contract or whatever keep getting paid but if we allow for these new developing younger paceer players to to be first choice then them two on the wings um and on it, would you be happy with that? And also, if you had to take a striker... Okay, so Giroud signs an extension. What do you do? Do you mm-hmm. call back Abraham to be first choice? Do you call back why What are you saying for strikers? Oh,
1: it's so tough. The striker conversation is so tough. It, it, assuming, once again, the parameters you gave it. Chelsea can't make moves. Um, yeah, so Giroud, it's like sorry, wants him back, as he just said, but mm. Giroud himself seems kind of wishy-washy on it it seems mm. like Giroud Giroud I mean he even said so he wants to play more he even talked about maybe going back down a level not a level but like going back to France yeah, but perhaps like if it meant right if it meant more playing time um he's but good if, though Giroud man he's good he, he is and he's really I mean he's just really useful with players you have on the team right now and I guess actually first and foremost I I mean anybody who wants to play off of him. So I'll even give like a William and a Pedro credit because Mm. of Giroud's hold-up play. Mm. You know, Pedro did it about a month ago when Pedro had that great game. Mm. Giroud's just so good at holding the ball up that those small little creative wingers can really make runs off of him. And I think Pulisic will probably be another one who can play well with Giroud. And with Hudson-Odoi, I mean, Hudson-Odoi doesn't need Giroud. I mean, sure, he can play well with really anybody. Hudson-Odoi's crossing, I assume. Yeah, exactly.
0: but, but, Sooner, sorry, Alex, know, I, just, just I was gonna say because I want to get your thoughts on all the strikers, but really quickly, just while you were saying on Drew, I just want to echo something that we said on the last episode about right. um, no matter he could probably stay second, third choice at Chelsea and still get picked for France um, because of Deschamps, right? Still was and we we were discussing about like you say, you were just been saying how much he benefits the the inverted forwards or the wingers playing off him. Like we, we were discussing how like Lacazette is a. Probably a better goal-scoring option for France in Mm -hmm. terms of that, but because he's like a good striker, um, you know, better than Giroud in terms of goals. But Giroud is like a catalyst amplifier, and the wingers, the inverted forwards at France, Kylian Mbappe and Antoine Antoine Griezmann. If if you could rather have like an okay, a pretty good striker to score goals, or just an absolute power-up catalyst for the Galactico wingers. You're gonna choose like the power-up option, aren't you? That's gonna make them two better, and that has certainly is, it's been the case for Chelsea with Eden Hazard. Um, you know, he said it himself, he's the best target man in the world or whatever. Yeah. So, so he, I think he'd, as long as Desch- that's what Louis said, as long as Dechamps is is staying there, he'll always get picked. So maybe he'd be more inclined to play less games but anyway sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you there mate but um I just wanted I just want to get that out while those in my head
1: <laughs> no it's a, it's a great point I mean why does France you know France doesn't even need Lacazette starting they have enough goals and dyna, dynamism mm. yeah. with other players they you know Giroud fits the team better you know you can't mm. just have a, a superstar or a star at every position it doesn't mm. actually mean you'll play the best so that's a good point yeah mm. with the strikers I mean if they can't make moves it really does become you know I'm I'm personally—I I know the deal with Juventus on the loan of Iguain is confusing. Um, it, it's tough to know based on incentives and options yeah. if Iguain could be extended with the transfer ban intact. Mm. He technically can be, but you know, I'm personally—I know, sorry—would like him to stay. Personally, I'm a. Okay with Igwein not staying. Mm. So let's just hypothetically take Igwein out of it and we have Giroux and then the options of Tammy Abraham or Michi Batshuayi.
0: Or Moretta, but I don't want Moretta back.
1: Personally. Yeah, and and once again, it becomes a little cloudier with if if Atletico want to, I guess, purchase him. I think they have the option. I'm I'm not quite sure. It's a little bit more confusing. But mm-hmm. I mean, but what's the point about talking about that anyway? Because Marata doesn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it he doesn't just belongs. Suit the
0: league. He doesn't suit the no, league.
1: No, and, and all credit to him. I don't want to see him. Dis- I don't want to see him depressed. No, in, no, he's in, a, good, he's, a
0: he's, techni- he's a he's a technical, talented striker that is just not not built. For right. the Premier League, like, with Higuain, I, I'm I'm not sure it's going to work with Higuain, But one thing that I commend him for is he came to the Premier League. He was smashed about immediately. He he got up as soon as yep. he was straight down. He never called for a foul. He hasn't done that once. He's just no. t- he's just taken the beating, which I think I think he got. Someone got in his ear. It was like you know you're going to get slapped about here, mate. Don't make a thing yep. of it because we had massive problems with Morata, and he hasn't made a thing of it. So I like that t- type part of his attitude. But the jury's out on whether he can do it in England for me.
1: Yeah, totally. I I agree. He's had a good attitude for sure. Um, But you know, so hypothetically speaking, next year if Giroud is in the mix, now I did a YouTube video, kind of a series on who I'd want if Chelsea couldn't make moves, but I didn't include Giroud because at the time I was just assuming maybe Chelsea wouldn't pick up the option. So okay, I was just going on the basis of Michi and Tammy. And both being here, and then if in that case I would have started Michi. However, however, and mm. I like Michi, and I still think there's there's some talent there that I'd like to see given a chance. But mm. however, if, if Giroud was retained for next year, and I had to choose between Michi and Tammy to fight Giroud for minutes, I would choose Tammy. I, mm. I, I would definitely choose Tammy. You know, Tammy's obviously four years younger. He, in my opinion, has been judged very unfairly by some of the Chelsea fan base who say, oh, well, he had a bad year at Swansea, so he's crap.
0: They're a sinking ship. Oh, come on.
1: They were, well said, they were a sinking ship. They had managers, you know, they had a manager carousel. He actually started pretty well, but once they changed managers, it just became an absolute cluster for him. Mm -hmm. And that's just, and by the way, when you're on a bad team, Is it really fair to judge a striker then on his performance or lack thereof? Mm -hmm. No, he he was getting awful service. The manager was preferring the IU brothers. So, uh, you know, know, so, yes, it almost – his year this year at Aston Villa is like – all right it's really good on one hand that he's proved that he's just almost too good for the championship he's just a goal machine Mm. but then on the other hand it's like all right well we kind of knew already from Bristol City a couple years ago that he was already legit but still look at the positive he's 21 years old he scored all of his professional goals in the box Mm. when and and
0: when you look at 50 league goals by the way over 50 league goals now right yeah which is really incredible at that 21 yeah more than Rashford I think (laughs) Yeah, and, I know it's at and, a lower and, level, but you know, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, goals are goals, and uh, the two things with Tammy is um, for at Chelsea for a while now, and I mean, Diego Costa to an extent did this, but I've wanted a striker to score the dirty goals, just the ugly goals, and mm. I feel like that's exactly what Tammy can do.
0: Poacher. And
1: uh, and also the attitude that Tammy has, and John Terry spoke about it obviously recently with Aston Villa on their Twitter account, saying that. When he and Gary Cahill would see Tammy, who was with the academy, come over to training, they would look at each other and were like, oh, no. Oh, (laughs) no. Because they knew Tammy was just hungry to score and that he played the exact same way in training as he did in games and vice versa. And with some of the mentality questions on the team this year, isn't that exactly the attitude you want in Chelsea? For me, it is. And um, I guess last point as I ramble on about Tammy, I apologize. (laughs) That's Um, we we would want Hudson Adoy primarily on the left wing next year. However, let's just pretend there were games where maybe him and Polisic interchanged, or maybe William does stay, and there's a game where William starts at left wing and Hudson Adoy is on the right. How about Hudson Adoy's ability to cross on the right hand side? Mm. And I feel like Tammy would be the risk, you know, he would be on the end of a lot of Hudson Adoy's mm. really good balls. Mm.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, yeah, the, for me, like, there is. A little, it's uncharted territory to a degree with Abraham Tammy uh, in the Premier League at a decent level, but he, we for all the <clears throat> excuse me, for all the different types of football we play, often the ball goes across the six yard box, you know, and it just it's just no one there. He will be there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Tammy yep. Tammy will be there and he will gobble up all the stanky goals. Thank you very much. You won't take any shit. You won't flop over. And it, that, nope. sometimes you just need that. And also, like I said, when I was romanticising about the sort of academy, we, we could have four academy starters, which would, you know, maybe be the most in the league. I don't know. You know, it's a lot. And that's so mm. un-Chelsea of old. It's good for PR. It's yeah. good for the proper Chelsea, the Chelsea DNA, the chelsea that we lack so dearly now, mate. Um, all right. So I think we agree on that, mate. So let's just say we get the ban postponed um, uh, or, you know, lifted or whatever. So, Hazard, yeah. again, in this theoretical, realistic world, Hazard's gone. We get 100 million. Um, maybe sell one of William or Pedro. What do you do? Do you who, who are you buying? Are you buying fullbacks? Are you spending a lot on a fullback? Or are you spending... Are you banging it? Because I I um I listened to a podcast yesterday, um a Chelsea phone cast with Stanford Chidge. He's was chatting to Joe Tweedy, actually, and he said he would put everything from Hazard on a striker. He'd say, look, just bang 100 uh, mil on someone who's just going to gobble up goals from the number nine spot. Um, I feel like that's more and more risky these days with strikers and Chelsea's luck with strikers. <laughs> But uh yeah. ha- to say hundred million for me I would be lovely to I mean, I, I don't hate Marcus Alonso. I just think he's cooked in this position and I feel like if we could, if we he's on a fresh contract, he's won a Premier League and looked amazing at left wing back he's won an FA Cup if there's like a European relatively big club that won a left wing back that's a bit of a goal Mm -hmm. for it that's that's a little bit of a goal he's top of the list you know so in an ideal world then sell Alonso for like 40 million euros or something Um, and you know make a huge profit on him and he served us really well so um, what do you do Alex you got a bit of money Where, where do you put this money in this Chelsea squad
1: yeah, well, I definitely like the Alonzo idea. If you can make <laughs> moves, then, you know, but, you know, the age is important. Obviously, people know how I feel about Alonzo, but the age is important. So, and I've been saying, you know, it for a while, or I said it in the summer that, fine, maybe Alonzo I was hard on in previous years, but he was a left wing back. And this year he's been asked to play left back, and that's just not what he is. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love the idea if there's a team out there that is an all-entertaining, Left just, wing back.
0: He's just shit a left back. You don't have to sugarcoat it, man. The, right. the, that Cardiff game, I was pulling what little hair I've got left out of my head, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just not a left back. He's just straight up not a left back. Doesn't have the athleticism, the pace, or really even the hunger to play left back, in my opinion. Hmm. So, yeah, I would do that. And, you know, at the left back position, it's kind of interesting because I like Emerson. I, I You know, but I, I've always tried to make people realize that, when I've done this hashtag justice for Emerson thing, mm. it hasn't it hasn't totally been because I've thought Emerson is like Roberto Carlos. Mm. It's been more that I think Emerson is good enough to get more chances, and that he was just deserving of more chances.
0: Yeah, um, and well, I like him. And he was an exciting signing, you know. He was that, yeah. he had like a couple of like wicked seasons for Roma or something before he got injured. He was like a great a great left back purchase, you know. Just yeah, absolutely. Technical yeah. left back, you know. He's a He's quite young, he's good looking. What else do you want, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, I do a Serie a podcast and uh, a bunch of people who cover Roma were like, hey, you actually just got a sneaky good signing. And mm. um, that had me excited. And yeah, the age, 24 years old. And there is just a smoothness to the way he plays, which mm. which I really like. And I think Azard has really enjoyed it too. He's just yeah. a lot more easy to play with. Um, so yeah. should, I, definitely would, I definitely would keep Emerson. I'm not letting Emerson go. I would have Emerson... If you can make moves, still fighting for first choice left back. Yeah. Now, with that said, um, you know there are potentially a lot of good left backs on the market with Alex Teles and Grimaldo at Benfica mm. and maybe the Mendy at Lyon, not Benjamin Mendy. Yeah, but,
0: yeah, the uh, other Mendy, know, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, there are some, uh, you know, every year there's like a new, there's a different position that there's kind of a lot of that are going to be available. Mm. I would say, you just talked about striker, I would say this year it's kind of a, a weaker year for strikers. I mean, mm. sure, you have your Luka Jovic in the Bundesliga. Yeah, Luka Jovic,
0: Missão Tech as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, Piontek now at, at Milan, but, uh, you know, Timo Werner, I don't know.
0: Yeah, Max- I don't know Max- about Werner, I, don't, I wouldn't really go for him, to be honest. Yeah,
1: he, either would I. Um, Maxi Gomez is a La Liga striker, but he's kind of dwindled a little bit, so I don't think it's a super strong year to splash 100 mil on a striker. You know, it's um, interesting
0: what you said there, like, I th- is it the, fr- he plays for Frankfurt, Luka Jovic? Yes. So, yeah. So yeah. he he would be the one, but like you say, it's not, what what you haven't brought up there is Mario Icardi because you know eighteen month <laughs> eighteen months ago yeah. eighteen months ago everyone was like yeah you know Acadie, him him and Kane, were like yeah. you know the two most desirable strikers in terms of age, talismanic for their clubs, ability, yep. a constant scoring records. <laughs> it was Harry Kane and Mario Icardi but he's just got such a fucking stink around him Icardi that no one wants to touch him anymore, right?
1: Right? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, okay, so on the serial podcast I do, It. We, we try to keep things fresh, but with Icardi, it's just a different story every day. So
0: we've, <laughs> He's coming you back.
1: Know, yeah, we've been covering him ad nauseum, so I probably, like, subconsciously forgot him on purpose because yeah. I just want to, you know, not focus on him. But, yeah, 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 I mean, this is the thing is, I'm not saying it's been a truly toxic year at Chelsea, but for, for a team that's trying to get rid of some toxicity and maybe get rid of some quote-unquote player power at times. Uh, Does it make a lot of sense bringing in Mauro Icardi, who by the way, I'm not saying is like a huge cancer to a dressing room but you got to remember his agent is Nara, his wife yeah and
0: Doesn't she goes on that is... tv shows and shit and... She,
1: yes she goes on tv shows all the time with uh antonio cassano also who's a huge personality of course and it's just she she's actually not a bad agent i would say but it just feels like she's trying to be almost just as famous as Icardi yeah, yeah
0: and yeah,
1: yeah. do you want to do you want to bring that type of a circus to Stamford Bridge I'm not sure you do I, I'm really like Icardi is a, a such a talented player he is but I'm not sure you do and I, I don't know if the high fee would be worth the drama and not that you know I, I work with a guy David Amoyal on that podcast and mm. and he, you know, works for Gianluca Di Marzio's camp, who obviously are some pretty credible reporters, especially with Italian stuff. And this is not David saying this on stuff he's been told. He's just saying he also has a hunch that Icardi and Juan Nara might just kind of come off of their their bluff, if you will, mm. and also might make nice with Inter, as Icardi now is back and playing, at least as of last week.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know that, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: still, you know... It's still not a certain thing. He easily still could go somewhere else who knows maybe <laughs> yeah, it's Real Madrid, but um, I don't know I, I don't know if that would be the right move, you know, too often Chelsea have Splashed on strikers just because they needed one and it hasn't really worked out. So um, yeah, So you know, maybe to-
0: change change the pers- you know perspective on that like yes,
1: to- yeah so, you know to answer your question in the most long-winded way even though goals are needed and a striker is needed, mm. I'm not just going to spend to spend because you technically need that. I think sometimes you have to be smart about what's on the market. and um, I, I don't know if I'd put it all into one player. Maybe you get a winger. Maybe you get someone like a Nicolas Pepe. I'm not sure because yeah. obviously I mean, you he, just, great. Yeah. He, he does look good. I think he is pretty legit, but you obviously want to give – Hudson Adoy uh, as many minutes as possible, but then also you bought Pulisic, so you know clearly you have plans for Pulisic. Well, so
0: he has to be a starter, Pulisic. He has to be. At that you you
1: got to think. You got to think so. So maybe you know uh, a winger like Pepe isn't going to happen anyway. So weirdly enough, I mean maybe you do look at a left back to compete with Emerson. It's a tough question. To what about answer. so yeah, yeah. and then, and with yeah.
0: we, right back we reach, we're both on Reece James regardless. Uh, yeah. of Okay alright dude so interesting I think we're kind of on the same page with that it, it really the only sort of weird one with Chelsea is seeing what happens with the striking options because yeah, uh, the jury is out with Higuain because the three goals he scored I think two of them were absolutely fucking lovely Um, if I remember oh, correctly yeah. so and we yeah. know you know, his record speaks for itself but it's just is he cooked or is he not so we'll have to see what happens with strikers but I do want to have two more sort of talking points for you on this part man uh Chelsea. We will we'll finish um, with just Chelsea generally and how what we think is going to happen moving forward. But I want to touch quickly on Anfield. Um, a lot rests on the shoulders of this Chelsea team to to sort of save football, really. Um, <laughs> I, I'm. I, I've said on these podcasts before with this current Chelsea side. I'm more confident with this this team going to Anfield of. Not necessarily winning, but putting a performance in. Then this team going to like a Leicester or a West Ham away and just doing something dumb and somehow losing. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I feel feel like I'm almost like oddly more confident about the Anfield game. Um, How how do you feel about that game, man? And are you quietly confident as well, or what? What you saying? You know, I am quietly
1: confident and it, I feel like a few weeks ago, especially before we saw that Brighton starting 11, I, I would not have been confident for it. But, you know, there's this spirit to the last two Premier League games that this Chelsea team has played with. Mm. And I understand both games have been at the bridge, but still it's I, I can almost just feel this kind of newfound confidence within the team. And uh, right now it's definitely an Azard centric as well, I, I yeah. think. I think players like Loftus-Cheek, Emerson, and Hudson-Odoi almost view it as an honor to be out there in these very important games with someone like Eden Hazard, who Mm. is probably playing his last handful of games with Chelsea. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like there is kind of this energy rallying around him, seeing you know if the what was unthinkable uh, you know a couple months ago getting champions league football mm. can actually happen with obviously united <laughs> and and other teams slipping up it's
0: interesting so, the way it's sorry it's interesting the way you put it like how you've just sort of quite like uh almost cinematically described about all these you know you, poetically almost you described that it. so it's almost like the perfect storm after right. the, after the shit storm do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I mean yeah sorry mate go on it,
1: no, it, it, it just it feels like that, and and to agree with you, I'm not saying that I'm expecting Chelsea to necessarily beat Liverpool. Certainly not trounce Liverpool, but yeah. I'm expecting a I'm expecting a good performance. Mm. I think a draw is certainly within reach, mm. and you know a draw would be
0: lovely. A draw
1: a draw would be great. Mm. I mean, a draw would help. Manchester City which many Chelsea fans want obviously it would help Manchester City and hurt Liverpool in the title race and it would still keep Chelsea very much in the Champions League qualification race um obviously three points would be massive but a draw would would certainly not kill anything and you know I expect listen when Eden Hazard plays Liverpool I always expect a good performance (laughs) yeah
0: they hate him Uh, man they fucking hate him
1: they really do and mm-hmm. I, I think he'll i think we'll get a good performance out of him mm-hmm. and now that we saw this team against west ham with the players we wanted i assume those players will also be suiting up for the liverpool game and Loftus cheek and hudson adoy and emerson mm-hmm. and i i just feel like you know this is a team that once they're on the pitch together they're playing a lot more f- fluidly like let, let's just think about you know, just in the brand of football, I, I think we both agree we're going to get a better brand of football from them. And I, 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 a lot of people have been kind of mocking this, no matter whether they've been sorry in or sorry out. But in the first half against West Ham and for much of the Brighton game, we've seen some true, quote unquote, sorry ball. Or you could just say good football. I yeah. mean, just. Better just whether you call it sorry ball or not, some good football. Some of these counters, some of these uh, passing movements have been really impressive, and I don't see why that would stop against Liverpool, who, by the way, are they're an up and down team. They're you know they play open games a lot, so Mm. I think we'll get an attractive quality uh, of football, and I think a draw is realistic.
0: Well, I tell you what, man, the reverse fixture at Stamford Bridge, for me, the way I sort of remember it, might still be my game of the season. Because that that was early doors in the in the season, and it was the you remember it was the one one, and it took the the yep. world class goal from <laughs> I don't want to say fluke, but you know he, he won't he won't score that goal again. Um, that was such a good game. I mean, everyone yes. was sort of purring over that. The commentators were, the fans were. The headlines the next day were like Chelsea and Liverpool set the standard of the Premier League and people were like laughing at United and Arsenal saying, you are so right. far off this quality of what Chelsea are playing. You know, everyone knew City is amazing, the Centurions, and they were doing their thing. But that game, that battle between Liverpool and Chelsea, everyone was rubbing their fires to that one. So, yeah. you know, that was... Great when, point. Yeah, and that, that's, you know, that, that was such a good... So, hopefully, if we can dig out something similar or even win and another Hazard wonder goal, that would be great. Um, all right, mate. So, uh, just to sort of wrap up before we talk about your, um, your channel and stuff. Chelsea moving forward, it's, um, it looks... Uh, so, we've talked about transfers, players, and potential results. I think, collectively, if you take the league position and our run to the Europa League final. I feel like we've got maybe a 68% chance of achieving Champions League football. <laughs> now, like that is a um, completely correct <laughs> statistic. Um, <laughs> so, you know what I mean. So, so something yep. we're looking quite lightly. I mean, it can all go tits up. We could lose to Napoli in the final and you know very well not get top four, but it looks like we can get it. Does, do you think... It it would make sense for Sari to stay at this point. For me, I I was I was really excited for him to come in. I've been on the fence, like you, like many fans. I had a bit of a wobble with him. Understandably, I you know I wasn't going to be. I, I'm all I'm always measured in how I look at stuff. You know, I I couldn't host a Chelsea podcast if I if I wasn't right. But from recent you know good good feeling in the camp, recent changes in personnel, good results. He's shown that he's done it. He's shown that he could not. He's shows that he can do a low block and defend against big teams. And it would be silly to let Sari go if there's a ban as well, because he's got his personnel there and he's got an implemented style. It would be silly. Unless you do bring in a Jody Morris and Frank Lampard prematurely, in my opinion, and um, just recall all the lonies and just go for broke. I feel like the safer and best option is to keep Sari. Do you agree with that? Do you see that happening? Um, do you see it not happening if we don't reach Champions League football? And what's your feelings on it, mate?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely. I'm very similar to how you are with sorry in your timeline. I was definitely excited for him to come in. Uh, I really enjoyed him at Napoli. I was still aware of might, you know, some of his downfalls popping up of rotation, and I think rotation was actually always masking youth. I think people said he had a problem with youth. I think it was just more rotation, mm-hmm. and some of his players that he wasn't rotating were younger, just by chance. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, in, in the honeymoon phase with sorry was incredible. The mm-hmm. first, you know, big chunk of the season. And really, I, I feel like uh, I've also had... a, a an issue with him lately as many fans have and it's really just been over a couple of things
2: mm. and
1: now that he's looking like he's changing some of those things or just adapting maybe with more time whoever knows you know mm. what it is it doesn't really matter but the fact that Hudson Adoy and Loftus-Cheek are more integral parts of the team now Emerson is I really don't have nearly big gripes with Sarri a- anymore and I-, I do agree that I would keep him. I mean, when Sari was hired, I joked that just because of the instability at Chelsea and the manager Carousel, just by default, I wasn't gonna ask for Sari to be sacked for two seasons just mm. because I was yeah, sick yeah, yeah. of do I was, I was just sick of doing that. Yeah. Um but I, I think that if he continues to at least move forward, I don't even care if it's slow moving forward, inching forward with odds in and a doy and loft his cheek, as long as it's not reverting, mm. I think he definitely deserves to keep his job and continue to build what I feel like he deserves to build, and managers just don't get a lot of comfortability and backing to build at the club. Mm. So, yeah, I do. Now, the only scenario I'm not going to ever ask, I'm not going to assuming that happens, um, and I assume it will. I mean, I assume they're gonna, those players are gonna play more between now and the end of the season. Yeah. Whether whether Chelsea get Champions League or not, and whether the transfer ban happens or not, I'm not gonna at all ask for Chelsea to sack him. No. The only the only scenario where you won't find me pissed if he is sacked won't be his fault but let's just say chelsea don't get champions league and maybe if they don't get champions league i will find something to fault him for but i'm just just saying let's just pretend you know just on bad luck the other teams play well and chelsea play well they just get some bad luck and they don't get champions league Mm. so they don't get champions league and the transfer ban um is not frozen meaning they can't make moves if sorry was sacked, then and, and like you said, maybe a Jody Morris, um, a Lampard. Even though I would wait a year or two, mm. a Lampard, maybe a Steve Holland a Terry. I have no idea, but but one of those proper <laughs> chels, yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of those proper chels guys, as you would say, were appointed. That's the only scenario where I'd be like. Okay. Sorry, deserve better, but maybe with no Champions League football and no ability to make moves, maybe this is the year where you take one step back yeah. and then two steps forward with younger players. But I agree with your sentiment. I, I yeah. think sorry should should stay here really overall because. Um, He is kind of more about the long term uh, in terms of he's a coach. And that's exactly why, whether you and I like it or not, and I don't know totally how you feel about it, but, you know, when he says something like, I want to keep Kovacic. Now, a fan may have an issue with that because maybe a fan like myself doesn't love Kovacic at the left center mid position. But Mm. I I actually have no problem with him at Regista. But when when Sari says something like, I want to keep Kovacic, that's who Sari is. That's Sari being a coach and mm. knowing what he and knowing what he has and knowing that if and Kovacic is still young, you know he is still young, and that's Sari thinking that I can improve Kovacic. I, I already know what I have, so why would I want yeah,
0: exactly, a, a new
1: yeah. pl- a new player to come in when I can improve Kovacic? And I do believe in Sari's ability to improve players. I mean, you can argue. It's hard to know, but you can yeah. argue he's improved Loftus-Cheek. You can argue he's improved Emerson. It's just hard to know. Uh, Has hazard, man. Con-
0: Hazard's yeah. best season ever. Yeah, yeah. Even, yeah.
1: Though, even though Sarri doesn't want to take credit for yeah, it. I that. That, uh, yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, love. that was awesome. Yeah. But, I mean, you can argue that Sarri's improved in Golokante, uh, you know? Yeah, so- well, yeah,
0: absolutely. You, you could pose a very good argument for that. Um, yes, just, just to so pick I, up on I would co- agree. Yeah, just to pick up on a couple of things you said, Alex. Um, w- yeah, I'll be shitting myself to get Frank Lampard in. I, I always echo the sentiment of, for me... Lampard's the ace up the sleeve for Chelsea yep. in terms of like yep. the boy come home, he's intelligent, he's sharp he's an absolute footballing god uh, and I wouldn't want to get him in until we've got a fully implemented footballing structure. Basically give us all the help we can to to ensure... Right and Not immediate sacking and and, and when the club to treat him right, to treat him him right, right and just to offer to look around you, there's stability here. We would only ever welcome you back when there's stability to give you the best shot. We don't have that in fairness
1: and fairness to him, yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. And what you said with Kovacic is, um, I really think he's like, (laughs) I think he's such a like a quality player, like you can see he's been around Galacticos, but he looks so, um. I don't know like he he he's such a victim systemically I think for us in what we're yes. trying to achieve and looking, like on the bo- you could play him in a different team in a different system and you'd be like look at that guy you know look at him yep. like, gliding on the ball dribbling interchanging passing you know granted regardless of where he is he needs to work on the shooting but I feel like he's <laughs> such a he, he's such a galactico level quality in some of the stuff he does that I've got no problem with keeping him but um yeah, so. I, I,
1: I don't either. I just I, I need to see him. You know, for Real Madrid, mm. some of his best performances came when he was playing deeper, yeah. and I I just think he's much better deeper now. When he's in the regista role, I think it's important for people not to think of him like Jorginho because he plays the regista role much differently. And mm. I don't think there's any problem with that.
0: He's press Jorginho, resistant though, isn't he? Like Jorginho. He, he is. Mm. A-
1: a- he is. And I almost think in a different way though because Kovacic is press resistant because of his, his ability to dribble and get out of situations and mm. pass. But Jorginho, you're not going to find dribbling through players. No, so it not... releases
0: the ball quickly, doesn't it?
1: Right. Yeah. So I think they... I think Kovacic also can serve as a as a decent Regista, but in a completely different way.
0: Mm, and, different approaches,
1: um, yeah. Different approaches, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I do want to see Kovacic tested against better and bigger opponents in the mm. Regista role, because so far we've only really seen him against worst Europa League sides in that role. Yeah. Um, but if he is retained, I hope it is more to be Jorginho's backup rather than someone who's playing at that yeah. left center mid spot because um I, I just don't think that brings the best out of him. And hey, sorry said that he doesn't want to go look for a Jorginho alternative so that makes me think that Sarri is starting to think yeah. that Kovacic can be the the B to Jorginho's maybe,
0: A maybe not even the B just like look you know we're playing this team this week that someone will sit on Jorginho but he won't be able to sit on Kovacic the way he sits <laughs> on Jorginho so that you know. would
1: be even yeah that would be even better if he yeah. played it more more game Tactically, to game yeah. Team, yeah
0: team to team okay just to finish this part Alex um with the sorry like there's this question like can he ever win back the fans at the bridge because um, you know they, a lot of them did turn on him, but it, it, that's quieting since he's played this lineup. I feel like if we missed out on Champions League, but if he played this lineup that you and I have discussed throughout this podcast, every week the kids are scoring goals, he's you know making the right choices, we're beating the right teams that matters to the fans. We don't make top four, but we beat Liverpool, you know, we beat right. United, we you know put in a good performance in the final and lose but he's played the kids he's done all the things I feel like the fans I don't know if they'd want him to, you know because maybe they'd think the next coach would definitely play these kids but I think if he wasn't sacked and he, he'd like stamped this new team do you think he could win back the fans because I feel like often like you know fans and stadiums can be a bit unfair maybe like you know they booed Ruben coming off the other day, but if every single fan in Stamford Bridge knew that <laughs> Ruben's fitness issues, then I they'd know. be like oh look, the coach is making an incredibly sensible decision there and protecting a player <laughs> let's, let's, all, I, let's all boo him do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I, I was so, you know I'm, I'm never going to get on fans who are at the game and I'm not, but I was just so um, disappointed that that wasn't more well known that Sorry was taking him out mm. for precautionary reasons, you know, mm. it wasn't sorry starting him hello he obviously rates him now and sorry has said it in the press conferences as well that he would have been starting more by now if it weren't for his back so Mm. for that i mean it's just it's like you want everybody to just know that hey ruben's dealing with a back injury and i know it's frustrating when he doesn't play full 90s but but he's
0: my boy you know
1: but yeah and and you want do you really want to jeopardize the long term for 20 more minutes in the short term yeah, no you don't not. you, you no. don't want to do that and ruben himself has spoken on his back yeah. so it's not like I think it would be a much bigger issue if Ruben was saying, No, I'm fit. I'm fit. Yeah, doing the mezzo.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Arsenal, and then,
1: yeah. Right. And then Sari is saying, No, we got a back injury. Then yeah. you'd be like, Okay, what's going on yeah, here? But yeah, yeah. Ruben himself has been like, Yeah, it's been annoying. I've been doing yoga. Um but but on the positive he said these last two games is kind of the best he's felt in the while. So yeah. that's great. But um yeah, getting back to kinda of your question is if sorry I think team selections is a big deal for I would say like 75 percent of the fan base Mm. so i would i would say that if he were for much of the season playing all those young kids that many fans want to see and the results weren't fantastic like it was europa league that we'd be in next year and Mm -hmm. not champions league i feel like there would definitely have been less toxicity there would have been less like sorry in versus sorry out yeah you're still you're still gonna have your fans though who don't care about the youth and only want trophies and yeah. you know I, I know a number of them that are always kind of busted my balls yeah um yeah. but I, I think it definitely would have been a more smooth season like there wouldn't have been the peaks and valleys if you if you will
0: yeah maybe it's a slower sort of build up and less burnout all yeah. right well man we've we've uh, we've covered a lot man um, yeah, it's it, been it, fun. yeah we've done it but um yeah so ladies and gentlemen Let's talk about Alex Goldberg. I'm sure you've enjoyed the conversation. He's a he's an intelligent chap. He knows his Chelsea, and he uh, he follows it every day, like all of listeners. Um, you can catch him on Twitter at Alex Goldberg underscore. No, is it that underscore? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, got it. Yep. Um, But yeah, YouTube channel as well. Uh, uh called the Byline. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um. And yeah, do you wanna do you wanna just quickly tell the listener a little bit of you know what you do on your YouTube channel?
1: Yeah, sure. So the YouTube channel is called the byline. Um, It's, you know, I started it kind of a couple months into the season. And it's really I just had been doing Twitter videos for a little while this past summer. And just, I got some very overwhelming, positive, very appreciative res- uh, support from everyone and told me to do a YouTube channel. So I figured, mm. why not? But I- I'm still doing pretty much the same stuff. It's just the camera's turned now horizontally and not vertically. <laughs> um, so, you know, I-, I-, I always do a match review. You know, always check out a match review after a game. Um, and I'll definitely try to pump out, I think I get out about three videos a week at least. That's um,
2: decent, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. So, you know, I'll always, if I have a rant, I'll definitely throw it on the YouTube channel and Mm. match reviews, sometimes match previews. And if there's obviously news to talk about, I'll I'll definitely talk about it on there. Um, Mm. So yeah, the YouTube channel has been fun. It's called The Byline.
0: Cool. And if I'm correct, you say you you co-host or you produce an Italian or Serie A podcast?
1: Yeah, I'm also yeah the co-host producer of the Cultural Land podcast, uh, definitely a Serie A-based podcast with David Almoyal, who I mentioned earlier in this podcast. Um, the allure of that podcast for any Premier League fan that's listening is David, of course, is very in the know on transfers. So in the summer and in the January transfer window, we often get a huge uptick in listeners during those periods because we have a Twitter question segment. Where you just can, you have a transfer question, send it to David and we'll answer mm. it on the pod, uh, We'll answer on the podcast. So mm. um, yeah, it is Seria based, but it can definitely expand during the transfer seasons.
0: Man, I'm going to check that because I, I I listen to loads of football podcasts. I listen to one called On the Continent. I don't know if you've heard of it, but the guys okay. these, these guys do the football ramble and they often mm-hmm. talk about. Well, they talk about. You know European football, and often uh, James Horncastle was one of the hosts on there. So he's a, a Italian Syriac dude.
1: Yeah, we had him on actually. Oh uh, no, shit. Once or twice. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, he Wicked. was awesome.
0: Okay, yeah. I'm starting a fan about your Syria podcast already, <laughs> mate. It's been brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me, Alex. um hopefully get you on again dude and if um i'm sure follow alex on twitter when he launches his podcast um you can check it out because uh i'm sure there'll be an early debut from myself and who who doesn't want to hear me talk about chelsea right alex <laughs>
1: amen amen you got it man
0: <laughs> thanks for coming on
1: I uh, it was my pleasure really a lot of fun and yeah let's do this sometime again soon
0: the end of the podcast ladies and gentlemen yeah i hope you guys enjoyed it um I had great fun chatting to Alex we sort of covered a lot man um check out his stuff on uh, the internet <laughs> all the stuff he just said um I'm gonna probably check out his uh a podcast man that sounds cool um guys listen thank you once again for tuning in to my podcast it really means a lot I say this every week I really appreciate um the more and more people that listen and send me nice messages it's really cool Um, feel free to give me a good review on iTunes, I really need to check that to see how many people are doing it, hopefully some people are because it means a lot ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in up the chills, keep the blue flag flying high, carefree wherever you yes you, maybe, I'll see you later